As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's still real to me, damn it! Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Toast Show, episode number 645 for June 23rd, 2022. Welcome to your AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door Preview and Predictions Edition of SRTU. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? So, uh, I'm recovering, <clears throat> excuse me, from a sunburn, pretty massive oh, sunburn. I've been there, bud. And, and the top of my head is peeling <gasps> as we record the show. Oh, my God. And, and, and so, I don't know about you, it is one of the most oddly satisfying things in the world when you're actually, when your skin actually peels. I don't know why it always makes me, like, feel like... I don't. I don't know what it is. It's not. I don't feel powerful. I don't feel healthy. Is it's not. There's no range. It's just peeling that little layer of skin off. You just go. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then usually the gross people out with it. Then I guess afterwards. Wait, wait. I, I see. So usually I'm itchy as all hell. What do you mean it's satisfying? So I don't. I don't really get. I get a little itchy from it from the dry skin. But then when you when you're actually able to kind of peel that layer off, you have that nice little layer of fresh. New skin right underneath it. It's almost like as smooth as a baby's butt. Mm, mm, like, okay. Yeah, it's just it's like wow that that feels really nice. It's not like I'm old. My skin's dry, so I get that I new layer of skin there. I'm like that feels soft. That feels nice. People <laughs> should come pet me. I don't know what it is. See, I think the last time, because uh, me being a ginger, like I get sunburned like on a cloudy day. Um, yeah. I remember as a kid going to the beach, and I I wear my hair 
short anyway, and it was like a, a buzz cut, and I got sunburn on the top of my head, and my top of my f- head peeled, like, and then when it would come off, like, you would see the holes where my hair was, and I was like, yeah. this is so friggin' weird right now. Probably so, as weird like, as this not- conversation, to be honest with you, but that's <laughs> what we do on the wrestling podcast. I'm not really an outdoorsy guy. Like, I'm not the big camping guy, whatever. But, you know, new job. I'm out there running this outdoor event, talking to potential customers. And the dress code, they said, yeah, you could wear a hat outside, but it can't be a branded hat. Like, it has to be just a plain hat. Well, every hat I own is is branded. I got an Alabama hat, Oklahoma Niners. Yeah, who has just a plain hat in their house? Yeah, and so I'm like, all right. That's like for people who are uh, trying to kidnap someone. Yes, yes, like you know, creepy van type people. Exactly. And then I was like, well, maybe I should get like a big, like a like one of those like sun hats, but they all have like little small branded logos on them. I'm like, eh, it won't be that bad. No, it was 97 here last weekend, out in the blazing sun, and I ran the event for. Six hours on Friday, and then Saturday came back, and from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m., I was out in the sun. So, Whoa. Yeah, so uh, it, um, I, it took me a, a day or two to kind of recover, and uh, now it's like the, the healing process has begun, and my event this weekend is I'm indoors all weekend long running an event, so I don't have to worry about the sunburn going on right now. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, we've had a lot of weird conversations at the start of it. I never thought we would go down the sunburn route, but here we are. I I've, I have never – this is the first sunburn I've had. What? Since I've – in 645 episodes, Jeff, I've never come on the air with a sunburn. So this is the first time. Wow. So that's why we've never had this conversation. Your dermatologist would be proud of you. Yeah. No, I, I don't – like, I don't – like, I was out there. Like, my arms did not get burned. My neck didn't get burned. Just the very top of well, my head. Probably because the so, last time, right, that your head was out like that was was there some hair on it? I, I think it was when I came out of the womb. Okay, that might. I I always wear a hat. Yeah. So this yeah. is the first time in 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 twelve years that I spent this long outside without a ball cap on. You wouldn't put on one of the Doctor Trey top hats for this work thing. You know, now that you mentioned, I think so. We had this discussion about like what because I I also am in charge of booking the events. And this was actually literally called a hoedown. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, y'all booked this one before me. I would have never touched a hoedown. Um, but we were talking about like different events. Like we, like she was like, well, yeah, you could do a Comic-Con if, you know, it, it made sense and you went in character. And I'm like, yeah, then I could bust out my great top hat or something like that. Because those are not branded, but... At a hoedown, I don't think a top hat is appropriate wear. No, no, I don't think you typically see that at a hoedown. Cowboy hats, which Dr. And Trey has never to, worn. I, I think I've worn it once when my character in wrestling was suffering brain damage. Uh, and we were wrestling a tag team called... Uh, they had a cow, like, I thought it was a cowboy gimmick, but turned out it was a pothead gimmick. But I went in full like cowboy gear thinking the the characters were one way and instead they were actually potheads. But that was part of your character, right? That wasn't like something you legitimately screwed up. No, that was like so every every show during that run when I had the brain injury is I it's when I was my character did something different every way. I, I did Ric Flair one week, uh The Rock one week. I did I Sting? came out in uh I didn't I never did Sting huh. because that's that's copyrighted here in our area because we that's talked true. about that. Yeah. But I did do Road Dog with the uh, Dreadlocks. So I did that at one show. So, yeah. As, like, you just yeah, wanted to do like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. On that show, that's exactly why I did it. I came I'm out. I had, a, had, I had my Kosuke Fuku Dome jersey on from his Cubs days. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because so, uh, uh, my favorite last name in baseball ever, if you ever look at the spelling of it, it's the greatest last name ever. Um, and to have that on a jersey is great. But yeah, so I wore that jersey. Wore I had a blondish brown dreadlocks with the sunglasses, and then did the whole ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages gimmick. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite intros of all time in professional wrestling. I could still obviously recite it to this day. I could recite that, but not something I read in like tenth grade. That's like yeah. U.S. history or whatever. But you know, that's the life. 
and times of a professional wrestling fan. Uh, Dr. Trey, let's get into it. Let's let's talk some wrestling from this past week. Lots right. to uh, to strip down from last week's big story about Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. Uh, investigation into allegations of inappropriate uh, relationships in the workplace, NDAs, and so much more. Um, Friday, Vince McMahon, Friday morning, stepped down as CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment temporarily. Stephanie McMahon was named interim CEO. Initial thoughts there, Dr. Trey. Me, this is quite easy. This is just a, a PR move by WWE. Yeah, it it was a PR move because at first when I read it, I didn't see the temporarily part. So I thought Vince was kind of stepping down and then I see, oh, temporary. So I was a little surprised that it was Stephanie. Like at first, I kind of thought they'd go Nick Khan because uh, that's the guy we see kind of being Vince's right hand guy right now. So I kind of thought they were going to go there. But then I'm like, well, with the situation with the inappropriate conduct, the NDAs, it makes sense to elevate a woman into that role. Um, Stephanie was there. She knows the business. She loves the business, family business. It made sense on paper, but then you're like, wait, didn't she just ask for time off, like a leave of absence from the company? What was that about? Did that tie in? It did. It's a PR move, but then it also left the longtime wrestling fans of WWE with questions as to, well, why'd she leave for a month in the first place? Yeah, no, it's, uh, we talked about that right on last week's show that there may be a little bit more to why she left. And if it has something to do with this entire situation, but, um, here she is back in the role of CEO for WWE, according to reports, people backstage and world wrestling entertainment, very excited for it. I mean, I just don't see any moves really being made that fans will feel, right, Dr. Trey? Because Vince is still in charge of creative right now. Yeah, like really, the the, the visual that is Raw, SmackDown, you know, pay-per-views, for lack of a better term, is it's still going to be the same. It's the same people running, the same people writing, the same people in charge. It's just the day-to-day operations of the company now have somebody else's signature on it um really for the first time because i think linda was ceo briefly in like late 90s early 2000s yeah i think with the steroid trial right yeah so outside no no that was that was after that yeah i think it was uh yeah i think she stepped down when she ran for governor of connecticut yeah but outside of that like it's been vince mcmahon's name on every check and document for the last, you know, 40 years, because I think he bought out his dad in 81, 80s were there. So about 40 years outside of that brief time that Lindo is CEO, Vince has been the guy in charge of the entire company. So it is a little bit of deviation from that. But in our politically correct woke times, it's the right thing to do with the investigations going on. So that's the first domino. The second one is uh, after Monday's Raw. It was revealed that Bruce Prichard has been named the interim head of talent relations, uh, replacing Johnny a- Laronitis, Johnny Ace, who has been placed on administrative leave uh, in regards to these allegations and this investigation taking place. So Vince steps down as CEO. He's not on administrative leave. John Laronitis is part of it, but we don't have as many details as there is for Vince. He's on administrative leave. Bruce Prichard not only uh, overseeing, leading, creative, but now also interim head of talent relations. This is a uh, the second domino effect here, Dr. Trey. Yeah, and it's interesting when you, when you have one guy who's in charge of, I, I think Bruce still technically still oversees NXT. I think he still has final approval. So the, you have a guy who oversees three shows and is now also in charge of talent relations. You know, it's almost like a monopoly on the talent because you're not going to go complain about your role on SmackDown with the guy who can actually release you from your contract. You know, where before there's a little bit of separation of that power, it is kind of a consolidation now. Um, so Bruce, who, what, three years ago was completely out of the wrestling business, now might actually be the most powerful guy behind the scenes in all of WWE right now. Yeah, which is obviously strange. He's someone that t- openly talked about that he's thought his days in WWE numbered. 
Now he's back in the fold, overseeing creative. Now he's the head of talent relations. I think he started as like as a consultant. Um, backstage news, according to reports, wrestlers not happy with this. Um, I get the vibe that Bruce Pritchard is not well liked by the talent, which is strange. I find him very likable on his podcast, but I guess you know each of their own when they're when they're dealing with creative. So now the guy who is booking you is also the same guy that talent has to go to and say, hey, I need to take a couple weeks off or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I got to go to a friend's wedding. And I can't make this house show loop, whatever, and payroll and all that stuff, uh, which I guess is is weird, according to reports to some of the talents. Um, interim figurehead here. I, I mean, we talked about on last week's show, Dr. Trey. I just don't see John Laronitis returning back to his position as head of talent relations for World Wrestling Entertainment. Like this has to be it for him. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, hell, you and I sat here when he was brought back, and we were surprised he was brought back because he wasn't really well liked by the roster, you know, in his previous run. And so you bring him back, and now this here, like to me, this is, hey, we literally have our sacrificial lamb to get us out of this whole mess. But I, to me, I, I it's, if they, if, if he does, if they, if they do make him the scapegoat, like I, the only issue I have with it is the fact that it, it feels more like it's just, it, it feels like he's not the main culprit in all of this. And, but yet he's going to be the one that gets sacrificed to the wolves. Um, but on the same hand, if you're not well liked and the and the people that work around you don't like you, is it really a negative move to get rid of the guy? Yeah, I mean, this is um you know, and it it seems to me that as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. John Lennon is going to be the fall guy, right? That's what we said last yeah. week as well. Um, it's pretty clear based on the moves that they've made that John Lennon Ice's days in WWE are numbered. I've never been a fan of the way that John Laronitis runs talent relations from a you know television visual standpoint, like the talents that he brings in um, during his run. I think from 04 to 12, and and presently, since he's really ta- he's taken talent relations back over from, uh, I guess that was Triple H's old spot. Like it's just it's not the type of wrestling I enjoy, right? It's like the sports entertainment stuff, and I think that's kind of more Vince's vision uh i would say that wwe probably had in in my lifetime the the worst period of time may have been that 04 12 era because it just wasn't really moving the needle all that much and and you see how nxc is being presented currently and it's obviously not my cup of tea but i i just as a fan from what i've seen from the outside and how it's presented to me on television i haven't been a fan of the moves that that john laronitis makes in his talent relations position yeah, I mean, when you look at the product, I mean, I, you mentioned briefly that the talent's not really a huge fan of Bruce Pritchard. The 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 talent's not really a huge fan of John Laurinaitis, and you look at that like they're from two different generations of re- like the like the separation of the Pritchard Laurinaitis style of wrestling versus what is in vogue in today's professional wrestling are two different styles completely, and you're bringing in this younger talent and I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm not really happy about it, but you see the talents in WWE looking over at AEW and seeing maybe the freedom that that roster kind of has with their matches and their presentation. And yet they have more limits in WWE. It, it would be frustrating. You know, you're like, man, I, 
see what that guy's doing over there? I could do the same thing over here, but they just won't let me. So I can kind of understand the frustration aspect of it. And you're right, that run from 08 to 12, like, what, people power, all that, that was that was horrible. Like, that was one of our least favorite times, you know, in the history of doing this show. And that was literally what the show was kind of kicking off, was right around that window. So, I mean, I think you and I could both agree, like, that run from you know, 2015 up through COVID era, like the start of the pandemic, is probably the best run WWE's had in the last 30 years. Um, you know, from since the Attitude Era, at least. And those guys were not a part of really that, that era of WWE, which most fans think is the best. And then lastly here, the, the most latest domino. This is just a blurb. I mean, I'm, we don't have much more on this story right now other than what was tweeted out. But uh, Triple H has resumed duties at the WWE Performance Center. Um, I guess he was walking around on Wednesday telling people that he's back. I have no idea what that means. It, it's shocking here on Thursday evening that there hasn't been a follow-up from a, a Sean Ross app or, or Wrestling Inc. or Dave Meltzer right now. But according to what we're hearing, Triple H has resumed his duties at the Performance Center. What does that mean for NXT? What does that mean for talent relations moving forward? Is he moving back into that talent relations role? Um, I don't know, but I just think Triple H resuming his duties and him saying I'm back is is a pretty big deal, Dr. Trey. Well, I, I mean, first off, when I hear I'm back, I'm thinking it's more, hey, I have a clear bill of health to resume duties within WWE. That's, you know, my initial thought process from it is, hey, I you know, Stephanie's in charge. Doctors say, you know, I can resume my duties. I'm going to help out any way I can. I mean, the family is in crisis. I don't, I don't think there's any other way to spin it. And if your family's in crisis, it, it, it's kind of all hands on deck. And if the doctors say, yeah, Hunter, you can go back to work, he's, he's going to jump back into the fight. This is, at the end of the day, this is still a family business. And Hunter's part of the McMahon family. So if it means he gets more responsibility and, you know, we can get a little bit of that Triple H vision back in line, I think as wrestling fans, we're all going to jump all over it and be super happy about it uh, because. I mean, we've already seen what he can do when given the opportunity, and I think his wife would have as much faith in him than anybody, so she would give him a little more freedom. I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad. Worst case scenario, Hunter's healthy enough to come back to work. Best case scenario is, hey, we're gonna let you kind of pick up where you were at before, you know, your heart incident, and, and kind of carry the ball again. Um, side note, I, I don't know if you saw this. Well, hold on, one, hold on one second there. Hold on one second because, um, in regards to Triple H, he is he's been back at work, Doctor Trey. I mean, this isn't a matter of him not working. He yeah, just was in a different was... different area and department. Yeah, I just I don't think the responsibilities he had before were as pressing as what he was doing prior to the cardiac issue. Well, he was okay, moved out of that position. It, the hit. Him running like the talent and all that stuff in NXT, he was moved out of that position. But I thought that was because of the heart incident. That was kind of like the the rationale behind it. Well, I mean, he's been back at work, according to reports, since like March, and he's been involved more with the NIL stuff with college and like recruitment yeah. is what he's been doing. And he's been completely removed from everything, performance center, talent relations, obviously NXT, that type of stuff. Yeah, I, I also think though that once again, when your son, when you own, when you run a company, and your son-in-law comes back from a you know serious heart issue, something that he said that if it hadn't been caught, would have killed him. Um, when you come back in the company, they're not going to go, hey, so right back into the fray, right back into yeah. The but they changed his else. vision, though. I mean, this is not his vision they for did. developmental. No, I mean, this is they not. Did. They could have easily given. Shawn Michaels the run of the mill and just carry on what Triple H and he were doing because he was on the looks like he was on the same page as as Triple H. They completely changed everything around in developmental yeah. and NXT once he was once no, he was out I, of the picture. And you're absolutely right, and I think that's also that's also Vince's mo over the history of WWE is that anytime that he feels the company's struggling, he sh he shakes everything up, and then over time. They struggle. People come back. To, I mean, we just talked about John Laurinaitis. Like, 
2012, the company's struggling. Lauren Nice relieved of talent, you know, talent relations duties. Company picks back up. Okay, now we're struggling for a little bit. Let's shuffle the deck. Lauren Nice comes back in. This has been kind of Vince's MO for 40 years. You know, he shakes up the deck, lets it run its course, shifts everything around again. So to me, I think it was I think it was, you know, the the quote unquote loss to AEW on Wednesday nights means he That's, had to yeah. shake up shift things around and, and the cardiac incident was a way to kind of move Hunter and his team out without it looking like, Hey, I'm firing my son-in-law. Yeah. I always got the vibe that this was punishment for them yeah. losing AEW on Wednesdays. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, uh, the, and then like now that your wife's temporarily in charge, it's, you know, she's going to be like, Hey, I mean, I'm sure they've had these discussions. I mean, you and your wife have just, dis- you and your, sorry, girlfriend, have discussions all the time about work and things like that. My, me and my wife do as well. I, I'm sure they've sat around the dinner table and been like, you know, Steph, if you ever run this company, I'd love to get back to doing what I was doing before. Oh, yeah, Dad will never let that happen. Ooh, Dad has stepped down for a little bit. You're in charge. Honey, remember that conversation we had about four months ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I, I do think it's a major positive. I'm interested to see where it goes, right? Like, what is the involvement right now of Triple H at the Performance Center? Like I said, like this story just kind of... Like, let me take a look. Who the hell tweeted it yesterday? Because I retweeted it. John Pollack had Wall. tweeted. Grayson Waller Grayson. did confirm it, yes. Said he was there and said, I'm back to see Grayson Waller, which was a great tweet. Yeah. Uh, John Pollock had tweeted, according to multiple sources, Paul Levesque was in Orlando today and spoke at the Performance Center. The people I heard from Levesque stated, quote, he's back. It is unknown what that entails, but that was the wording I was given. So, I mean, it's a big mystery, which is just strange, because you would figure we'd have some sort of update on the entire thing, but we don't. That's the only thing that came out about Triple H, which to me, speculation on my part, but I feel like this is a domino effect of what's going on in talent relations with John Laronitis and Triple H resuming his duty performance center, like I get who else would they turn to right now other than a guy like Triple H to get things back on track if Laronitis is not coming back? Like everybody that you talk to, I just read an uh, interview with Athena, also known as Ember Moon in WWE. Uh, Athena said, you know, they asked comparisons about Tony Khan and Vince McMahon, and she obviously spoke very highly of Tony Khan, how involved he is, hyped up, all that stuff. Uh, not a lot of positive feedback in WWE. It's like sometimes you do really well, sometimes you you know you screw it up. She said the only time that she got positive feedback was from Triple H, like when she was yeah. a developmental. Like you don't hear anyone say anything bad about their time in NXT. Like everybody loved being in NXT from the Adam Coles, Kyle O'Reilly's, uh, Ember Moons, Athena's. Like they love being there when Triple H was involved. Johnny Gargano. You know, it's the reason why there was this mass exodus of guys from NXT over in AEW now. You know, the people that were successful in NXT are now making, you know, the same success in AEW on Wednesday nights, which is just mind-boggling. Like, there's that picture of the original three Undisputed Era, Fish, O'Reilly, and Cole, with William Regal and AEW in the background. Like, if that was, if that you were told that two, three years ago, your your mind would explode. But here we are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's the unfortunate domino effect. I, I hope it's positive, Dr. Troy. I really do, because I think Triple H's vision is the one that I, as a wrestling fan, agree with. And I loved the direction of where things were going for WWE based off of what I saw in NXT from, you know, 2016 to 2000, well, 2014 to 2019. Yeah, and, and I was thinking about this as, as you were going on about a, you know, NXT and stuff, and in plus... Hunter's been the guy that has also brought people back to the company and mended those bridges. You think of like the Bruno San Martino, the Ultimate Warrior, the Goldberg. A lot of that stuff was initiated by Triple H to mend those fences with Vince. And I think it is kind of his personality type. Just like, you know, my favorite managers are always the ones who will give me a compliment, but then also tell me what I need to improve on. Hey, this has been fantastic. Let's work on this. Instead of the guy who just yells and barks about the stuff you're doing wrong. And I think Hunter's that kind of guy. Like, he's going to tell you, hey, this looked great. This looked great. Let's work on this and let's work on this. And that'll make you even better. And you leave those meetings going, yeah, that, that, I'll run through a wall for this guy. And I think that original, those original NXT guys are the guys, they, they would have ran through a wall for Hunter and, and, and by proxy, Sean and William Regal. And I don't think you're seeing that same kind of 
feelings with the NXT 2.0 crew, where it's just kind of like, yeah, they're giving us gimmicks, and we're trying this out, and we're seeing if this works. But, I mean, you just don't feel the, feel the same passion and energy in WWE and projects that Triple H isn't affiliated with versus those that he are, you know, that he is affiliated with. Uh, and then finally here, I guess this is another domino effect from the entire thing. Well, no, no, this isn't a domino effect from this, actually. This is a domino effect from injuries. So we talked about this on last week's show, Dr. Trey, switching gears a little bit. Um, we talked about Randy Orton's injury right now. He was originally you know, positioned to be in the main event for SummerSlam against Roman Reigns. Things had to, uh, had to change there. And... You know, who was going to fill in that role? We talked about it. I threw out Brock Lesnar. You and I, like, both were, like, scoffing, like, no, can't do it. Well, Friday night, Brock Lesnar returned. And it looks like, well, it doesn't look like, it's confirmed. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns will take place at SummerSlam. I was excited to see this at the end of last year's SummerSlam. I, I enjoyed their feud. Their matches were not great, which is what we come to expect. It's not my type of match. But the build for these this feud was was great. They, you know, babyface Brock was beloved. But goddamn, Doctor Trey, I don't want to see this again. We're getting it in a little over a month. Lesnar reigns. They're doing it again. Do they have any other choice? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, they have Bobby Lashley, and I, for one, I, I would be on board for Lashley and Roman Reigns. I mean. We talked about it last week's show that the pop that Lashley got um, at Extreme Rules was amazing. Like, that was a huge pop. Like, that was one of the biggest pops of the night, if not the biggest pop. So, I think you have something with there where you could have gone that route. I mean, I, I you look at this match and, you know, like we said, I, I liked the last feud they had because heel Roman and babyface Brock was fun and a little bit different, but... When you see a match come up between those two again, I, I, I have to sit there and go, I don't know, outside of maybe Flair and Dusty or Flair and Sting, if any two people have faced off on pay-per-views more than Roman and Brock. And we are in an entirely different generation of viewership than we were back in the 80s and early 90s where those matches could get away. I mean, you can still watch those matches and you're still dialed in. I, I don't know if today's viewer is that has that kind of mentality to go, hey, I think this is like the <clears throat> eighth time they face at a pay-per-view. Um, I, I just don't know if people are buying, are, are going to want to buy in. And maybe they can, listen, we've been proven wrong. We I didn't think that people would buy into heel Brock or heel Roman and babyface Brock, the last iteration of Feud. And they did. I just feel like this is too quick of a turnaround time for me to really buy in and care this close to SummerSlam. So SummerSlam, right? It still weighs out. But I'm going into this thinking that Reigns retains, goes on to take on McIntyre at Clash of the Castle. Like, why is Lesnar just being jobbed out all this much? Like, they, like Lesnar has to get a W now, right? I mean, if Lesnar loses at SummerSlam, I get it. It's Brock. He could always bounce back. But... Just to continue to take L's like this? Like, that just seems weird, Dr. Trey. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It does, but didn't we have the opposite when Brock was on top and Roman was taking all the L's? I mean, it's kind of the same thing, just flipped. Like, yeah, but you always you felt know, like Reigns. I mean, at that, they were different positions then. Like Lesnar's a made man. It's true. Roman was not a made man. You felt like he was eventually going to overcome, and that was going to make him a made man. Now, right now, it's like we're just filling holes to sell some tickets. Like, I, I don't yeah. think Lesnar wins this match, and that would be weird because he would have lost. WrestleMania, um, what was the show? Uh, Crown Jewel, right in November. You know, it's so that's gonna be three straight after you brought him back as the guy that can dethrone Roman. Well, that just makes Paul Heyman undefeated in the rivalry. I guess I Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's the the card. I guess you know. I did see I Roman like defeat Paul. Brock at SummerSlam ninety <clears throat> uh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like to me, I, I agree with you. Like, I, this is feels like it's a knee jerk reaction to fill a spot for your second big, biggest event of the year. Um, but I can still sit there and go, look, you just had Riddle lose this match to Roman on SmackDown, where he can never challenge Roman again. You could have Matt Riddle annoy Roman Reigns to the point where he goes in and demands a match. And make that your biggest thing. Like, we've seen that play out before. The guys who are can never challenge again or the guy who's retired and just annoys the other guy to the point where they make him bring him back. You, you've seen that before, and it works. It's, it's an old-school trick, and it works. To me, this just kind of feels like, oh, shit, Randy's out. Who do we got? Who do we think we can pencil in right now? Now, the flip side is maybe they have long-term story booking for Lashley and some other people that they could have moved into the spot, and that's why this is just like, the filler, the plug and play, they know they'll get a, they'll get a reaction, and then you don't have to disrupt three storylines for one. You can just kind of fill in for the one. Um, but you you could have shuffled the deck a little bit and still got a, got a reaction and saved Brock for you know heading into Rumble or something like that. Yeah, it's um, it. I'm just kind of lost for words on the entire thing, right? Like. Uh, this is the direction they want to go. Like it's frustrating, right? I mean, are you excited for SummerSlam at all? Uh, not this match, but we still have the rest of the card to kind of play out. And you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I still think at this point, heading into SummerSlam, we're probably going to see Logan Paul and Miz, and that'll be interesting. Like we'll we'll see some stuff that might pique our interest more. As we get closer to SummerSlam, we still got the fallout from Money in the Bank and things like that. But this match in particular, no, not excited about. Last man standing, that usually means the heel's going to come up with some crazy scenario to cheat to win. You know, 15 guys land on Brock and Brock can't get up. You know, like, some, some shenanigans. But yeah, And that's the thing yeah. right there. Not just, just to pause you right there. I don't see a yeah. way that SummerSlam ends happy right now. No, and, and that's a cash in maybe. I've, yeah, but I mean, and that's been my worry about WWE is when you do a unified champion who's a heel, and you're trying, and for all intents and purposes, you know, I know there's been rumors that the, with the the domino from the Vince stuff is that hey, maybe you don't get Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, but if you're trying to build to that, and you want to keep the belt on Roman but he's the unified champion, you're never sending your crowd your crowd home happy after a pay-per-view. It's just not going to happen. So what does that do to your viewership? 
you know, do kids stop watching if Roman wins at the end of every big event? You know, do, you know, grown men go, you know what, maybe I should watch more AEW. You know, what happens if you only have one champion who's the bad guy and he always comes out on top? Um, but the flip side of that is if you have four storylines you're building for SummerSlam, Theory, John Cena, you know, some other stuff going on, whatever you're building towards, and this Randy injury causes you to shuffle four storylines that you have a four month plan for building. The safer route is to plug Brock in and not disrupt the other storylines where you may have to adjust everything else. If you don't bring Brock back. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I see what you're saying. I, I just am shocked that they've, They've put themselves in this position again, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're not really good with backup plans. No, injuries that, injuries have really screwed things up here. Yeah. it's I But mean, it's it like really the AEW show that we'll talk about here momentarily. Yeah. I was about to say, you look at both companies, and both companies are going through this. And this is, you go back to the talks we had when we came out of the pandemic era, and we start talking about house shows and people going back on the road. And the one thing we didn't really have a ton of during the pandemic era yep. was injuries yep. because guys weren't working as much. And now we're back on the grind and we're hitting the summer months and it's harder to recover from injuries when it's 97 degrees outside everywhere you go because your body dehydrates. It doesn't naturally produce the, the materials internally to heal as quickly as it does during other months. This is the time of year that we typically do see more injuries and it just sucks because you're like, you look at WWE and you're like, damn, like Randy's out. Like there's a few other people out with injuries and banged up. You look at AEW, have you know a good chunk of their rosters banged up. Like it, it just sucks and it kind of makes you question. Then why are we doing still doing house shows if you're getting these guys beat up? Because every wrestler who's hurt that we talk about, like that we hold dear to our heart, none of them, I don't think we would ever think short changes the fans when they're in a match like punk goes all out. Brian Danson goes all out. Randy goes all out. These guys are all out. So they're going to do whatever it takes to send that crowd home happy. But yet that's what also leads to more injuries when you're doing more shows during this time of year. But you know, what's weird, Dr. Trey, I get what you're saying and I agree with you, but AEW has a considerable more amount of injuries right now than WWE. And they only do about one show a week. They've had a little bit of a busier schedule where they've done some live rampages recently, but they were only doing like one show a week. I think that's more of a style thing when it comes to yeah, the injuries. That's about the, as you were saying that, I was about to say it's more of their style. Like, I mean, yeah. hard, way too hard. More tables. Yeah, they, they go, they go, they do way too much for what they need to accomplish, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it screws up shows that we want to see, like Forbidden Door. So, um, I, mean, I mean, Cody's Cody ran headfirst into a wall for no reason. Yeah. That time. <laughs> That was during the pandemic era. That was that was a strange period of time there, though, that one. Um, keeping with WWE real quick, just real sad news. Um, Tim White and Dave Hebner passed away this past week. Um, two uh, you know, longtime WWE officials and referees. You know, Timmy White was beloved by a lot of wrestling fans. Dave Hebner was obviously involved in that, um, was it WrestleMania 5 angle? WrestleMania 4 angle. Um, where they did the, the Saturday night's main event with the two, you know, twins and plastic surgery, Ted DiBiase. Then Dave Hemner became a, uh, WWE official after that brother, twin brother of Earl. Um, just sad news, Dr. Trey this week for Tim White and Dave, Dave Hemner passing away. Thoughts and prayers go out to all their fans, family, and friends, obviously. Yeah. Two of, two of the best officials of our, of our lifetime. Um, so I did not know Tim White was still alive, though, until a couple years ago, because they did that suicide angle on SmackDown. They did that a lot, yeah. Know, yeah, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, I know they didn't do it, but I, I thought he had passed away shortly after you, that. You I thought he killed him. himself on SmackDown? Legit? No, no, no. But I still real to me, damn it. I know, but I, I thought he had actually passed not too long after that. Oh, no. He's... And then just in a random conversation with one of our, our guys who Jack Lord, who's a big promoter here in the South. He's been around wrestling forever. Um, he, he was a good friend of Tim White. He's like, no, Tim's still alive. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, you want me to call him right now? I'm like, no, cause I don't want to bother the man, but I, 
I for some reason had thought he had passed. So, um, but I mean, Tim White was one of my favorite refs during those like early two thousand uh, SmackDowns. Like for some reason, if Tim White was in the ring, I knew something was going to happen. Um, and, and then Dave Hebner just, I mean, Earl Hebner is probably arguably the greatest official in uh, wrestling history for most of us. And Dave was maybe just a slight notch below how good Earl was. Yeah, I mean, the ones that I always remember, right, is Earl Hebner, Timmy White, Mike Kyoto, Jack Doan. Um, those were kind of the ones. Dave Hebner, obviously. So Charles it, Robinson. Charles Robinson, yep, Little Nate, yeah. uh, Nick Patrick. So, yeah. yeah, we unfortunately don't know really the referees' names anymore, which was just a cool thing when you were a fan. You knew who the refs were. But uh, thoughts and prayers are going out there to Tim White and Dave Hebner's family, friends, uh, and fans, obviously, from uh, the oh. passing this past week. Yes, Dr. Trey. By the way, side note, why are all the refs in WWE, like, super jacked? That's a probably a Vince like, thing, no? I'm like, the refs look like they could beat up half the – WWE refs look like they could beat up half the AEW roster. Just want to point that out. If you pay attention with any title match – when they hold that belt up, I'm like, I am ashamed That's a as a thing, man. man. Those dudes are jacked. And then uh, Aja Smith, uh, the female African-American referee you see on Raw, like, I've watched her wrestle throughout the South. That girl is tough as nails. So, like, I would take her in a fight over some of the guys on the roster for AEW and WWE. Uh, moving along here, speaking of AEW, um, Forbidden Door. Before we preview and predict the car, Dr. Trey. Um, is the Forbidden Door card what we expected when the show was announced several months ago? Like, this was a show we were very excited about. And I look at this card now, we'll run through it here momentarily. But for me personally, this is not what I expected. This is below my expectations, honestly. Okay, so it's not what I expected in far as like you know, these dream matches we were all talking about. I will say the card now is better than it was when we were sitting here last week. Um, oh, so great. I'll give them yeah, credit for absolutely. that, but it's, it, I don't know about you. It feels like a cluster F of a card. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's so much. They, this feels like they just were like, Hey, we got, everybody's bitching about five hour shows. We go try cramming into four. So we're going to have like uh 15 multi-man matches and nobody will ever have to tag in the history of wrestling going forward ever again. Yeah. That was, uh, that was not uh, what we were thinking of about a week ago. We weren't a big fan of the card, but here we are a week later. It definitely looks better. But I was having, like, Kazuchika Okada, CM Punk, Danielson, Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, Hangman Page, Tetsuya Naito. You know, I mean, there was a lot of these dream matchups. Will Ospreay, uh, Adam Cole. I, I mean, no offense to Orange Cassidy. I, I did not envision a Will Ospreay-Orange Cassidy match. I just felt like it was going to be better, and then we had the politics involved. It's um, it's just not fulfilling what we thought the prophecy that we thought it was going to be, Doctor Trey. At least on the paper, <laughs> the prophecy has been forsaken. Um, yeah, like on paper, like you you look at the matches now. Like I, I was really hoping for Moxley and Ishii, or just you know tough you know tough guys banging at you know banging at it. Um, which might be the name of my next monologue album I ever do. Just tough guys banging. Um, but yeah, like. On paper, I, I think I'm a little bit more happy that we're going to see some of the stars that were lacking when we discussed the show last week. I just don't like the positioning they were put in, and I don't like the build for most of these matches because like, this is a, an event that they've been talking about for months, and it just kind of feels like, hey, the last three weeks we got to put some shit together and get a card out there for the fans to watch. It just kind of feels like it was all put together last minute, and there's no real intrigue leading into it. And by the way, when did Moxley now start fighting for the honor of AEW in this title match? Like, ah, uh, that, that's something they were definitely thrown in there, right? Oh my god, I was like, it's not like Tanahashi's taking the AEW belt to New Japan and holding it hostage, and we'll never ever see it again. I mean, it's just like. I don't know. It's a very 1984 <sighs> Memphis it is. kind of thing with that, but it is. We can't let the uh, the outsider right take our championship. We can't let them foreigners take it back through that forbidden door because that door might get locked and we might not get back to the other side, Jeff. 
Yeah, it definitely is uh, an old school mentality there, but I guess it's a way to to get people excited. By the way, so it's not okay for Tanahashi to take the AEW belt, but it's damn okay for Adam Cole or Hangman Page to take the IWGP belt. Just want to point. It's just like the the ludicrousy of uh, how that was being put together. The AEW Atlantic IWGP United States title, the tag titles, ROH titles. you know how it is. Yeah, the, the tag the tag belts are winner takes all, but that one we don't care about. But don't take our AEW belt back to Japan. Well, it's because people love Hiroshi Tanahashi and both John Moxley. So I think people are just gonna enjoy a wrestling match. We don't need that silly behind the scenes stuff with it. So I'm sure that'll be pretty prevalent on Sunday's show. Uh, speaking of Sunday's show. AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door Preview Predictions. Let's look at the pre-show match here. You got Max Caster and the Gun Club taking on uh, members of the New Japan LA Dojo. Yua Umura, this is going to be great. Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight in an eight-man tag team match. I'm going to go with Max Caster and the Gun Club because I don't recognize anybody in that New Japan (laughs) LA Dojo. You're not a big fan of Kevin Knight? No. Wasn't he a Backstreet Boy at some point? He was, and then he retired and became a wrestler. By the way, I, I am really disappointed in Tony Khan for not making like tiny little doors to sell on AEW shop as like you know mementos of this you know great event. Like just little bitty doors signed by TK, just TK in the corners. Like I thought that'd been a great marketing angle. Um, I am taking Max Caster and the Gun Club as well. Um, yeah, I don't know anybody from the dojo. Like, I don't know anybody from the LA dojo since uh, Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson left in like 2002. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I this is uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. So uh, next match here, Zach Saber Jr. taking on the dreaded TBD, filling in for Brian Danielson. Lots of uh, names here, Doctor being thrown around. I think it just comes down to two. It's someone that is new to AEW. It's either Cesaro or Johnny Gargano. I think it's Cesaro. I don't know who you think it is, but uh, I'm going to take Cesaro as the person to fill in this match, and I have him defeating CSJ. So you don't think it's Brie Bella? I don't, know, but you could look, but you can't touch. <laughs> um, I- I'm leaning Claudio as well. Um, but I also know how Claudio gets booked, so I'll take Zack Sabre Jr., just because wow. uh, Claudio okay. never wins big matches. I love that ZSJ is performing. He, I wish they got more time to build this with him and Danielson because ZSJ is a great, funny freaking guy on the microphone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just like oh, yeah. cursing. He's just your normal like, UK guy, like just cursing his head, head off. Um, yeah. Next match here is the Bullet Club, Young Bucks, and El Fantasmo and Hikaleo taking on... I love this. I... I, I thought this was always Diesel and Shawn Michaels, but I guess it's another team as well. Dudes with Attitude. Uh, Darby Allen Sting, Shingo Takagi, which I'm very excited to see, and Hiromo Takahashi, who I'm very excited to see. So basically Darby Allen and Sting are tagging up with LIJ. Your thoughts, Dr. Trey? Who do you like in this one? Bullet Club or Dudes with Attitude? <laughs> oh, I'm having flashbacks to War Games 89. Um I am taking Bullet Club because they have my favorite name in wrestling, which is Hikaleo. I just love that. I, I like saying that name. I I am going to struggle on this pay-per-view because I don't know half these people. So El Fantasma is very good. Hikaleo is good, too. Yes. I, I, I've seen Hikaleo uh, work. I like the name. Plus, they just put the titles on the Bucks. Uh, so I will take... Uh, the Bucks and Hikaleo and Phantasmo. Well, you know Shingo and Hiromu, right? Yeah, I've seen Shingo. Shingo's great. Um, yeah, I don't know Hiromu as well. The time so, bomb. Yeah, like I said, like uh, like some of these guys, I've seen a match or two, but like I'm just not as in depth as maybe with the Lord. Like the upper card, I'm a little better with, but you know. Some of these names that I have no idea how to pronounce, I just like when you say it, I'm like, ooh, that same name sounds fun. I love Hikaleo. It's like right up there with any other yodeling event I love. Yeah, yeah, Hikaleo. Wait, wait till you see him. He's not a yodeler, Dr. Trey. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Dudes with Attitude, Darby, Sting, Shingo, and Hiromu. 
So does, uh, that, mean, does that mean you think Darby and Sting are going to get a title shot at the tag belts? I could see it, yeah. Because if they win this match, that means in the last six months they've beaten FTR and the Bucks. Yeah, I could see it. I, I could. I, I think the original plan was supposed to be like Kyle O'Reilly and Darby again. But Kyle O'Reilly's legitimately hurt, talking about injuries. And obviously we know what's happened the Young Bucks. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are no longer, or probably not going to be a thing any longer. Hardy Boys had their issues. FTR is doing their own thing. So this is the direction like they got to do with Young Bucks. So I do think Darby and Singh could get a title shot. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, that justifies your prediction then because that would justify them getting a title shot. Uh, next match here is Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Thunder Rosa defends the AW Women's World Championship. I'm going to take Thunder Rosa retaining, Dr. Try. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I love Tony Storm. She, she, I loved her when she first when I first saw her in NXT UK. I loved her in the May Young Classic. She's maybe like top three favorite female performers. But Thunder Rose is on a roll, and, and you got to let her have her a decent run since she's the one who dethroned Britt Baker. Uh, so I'll take Thunder Rosa as well. Uh, next match here is FTR defending the ROH World Tag Team Championship against. Uh, great Ocon and Jeff Cobb of the United Empire, who are defending their IWGP tag team titles against Rapungi Vice, who's not defending anything. Um, just <laughs> honor. In uh, a three-way winner-take-all tag team match for both ROH and IWGP tag team championship. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Oh, man. Rapungi Vice, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to take FTR, though, because I think New Japan would love to get their hands on uh, FTR to bring them over, overseas for a couple defenses. So I will take FTR, even though I do also love saying Great Ocon. It's one of my other favorite names, but I'll take FTR. I love Rapungi Vice, too. Great great theme song. What is, is Rapungi? It's, like, it um, it's, like, it, it's like a downtown area, I believe, in Japan, like a Miami. Oh, okay. Uh, like that's where they, that? you know, for U.S. pop culture, Miami Vice, Rapungi is, I believe, like a, like a nightlife city. Would Trent's mom hang out in Rapungi? Who? Trent? Oh, Trent Beretta? Uh, yeah. Like, would she cruise down Rapungi Boulevard? Yeah, Rapungi is a nightlife scene in Minato, Tokyo, Japan. Um, yeah. I think I don't think she would. I think she's like an Etsy lady. So, no. <laughs> I don't think she'd go to Rapungi. Um, Rapungi 3K. That was a great tag team that's no longer more. Showing yo. Um, next match here for the IWGP United States Championship. Will Ospreay defends against Orange Cassidy. Oh, by the way, I have FTR as well winning that okay. match. Um, I'm going to take Will Ospreay retaining the IWGP US title. Yeah, I'm taking Will Ospreay because I think the buildup is to get Juice back when Juice is healthy. Because, I mean, how can you defend a title you don't even have? Yeah, no, Juice so has it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if it like, Orange Cassidy wins, he just holds up his thumbs and we just impose a title belt. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, Will Ospreay as well. Next match here is Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki taking on Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino, who's very talented. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Um, I got Jericho. I got the JAS with, uh, yeah, Minora. Like, I mean, Murder Grandpa and Jer- the Painmaker together. It's hard to pick against that. So, yeah, I'll take uh, Jericho, Suzuki, and Guevara. I have Sammy and Chris and Minoru as well, which sound like a boy band. Uh, next match here, Fatal 4-Way. Match for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. There was a, a change in this match uh, about two hours ago before we set to record. Tomohiro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, one of Dr. Trey's favorites, out. Clark Connors in, speaking of injuries. Uh, exactly. Pac taking on Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. I like Miro becoming the new AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I was leaning towards Ishii to win this one, but I'm going to take Miro now. Um... I, I was leaning Malachi Black, but I, I think I think Miro this Redeemer gimmick I kind of dig, so I, I will take Miro winning the winning this match and, and claiming the 37th title that's in AEW right now. Next match here is for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White defends in a four way match against Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. And thank God he arrived on Dynamite this past Wednesday because I was like, if he's not on the card, this show looks like it's a failure. The Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, appeared on AEW television, which was very cool. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one in the Fatal 4-Way match? I like the Japanese Cody Rhodes. Uh, I'm taking Okada in this match. I mean, that blonde hair, brother. 
It's harder to vote against. It's hard to go against a blonde. Um, so I think it? the idea of Okada, I think oh. the idea of Okada winning the IWGP Championship in front of an American crowd is a beautiful thing. So I, I'm taking Okada. Okada just dropped it to Jay White at Dominion. So you think he regains it that quickly? Yeah, yeah. I think they did the title switch just for. Okada get to get the victory on American soil at this event. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Jay White to retain and capture the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White's one of my favorite wrestlers, Dr. Trey. He is so fun to watch. You want to talk about living the gimmick. Jay White does that all the time. I, I think he's uber, uber talented. Yeah, I, I like Jay White. It's just that every now and then I look at him and I'm like, man, he looks like a British Brian Kendrick. So. Oh, but he's bigger than Brian Kendrick. Come on, man. He is. But the he's like the closest they, thing I've seen to a young Triple H in a long time. Yeah, like I, I think I think he's phenomenal. I actually just watched him on a match on Impact uh, a, a couple weeks ago. So no, I love Jay White. I just I think the Okada winning in the states is kind of too cool to pass up for uh, New Japan. The rain maker in the U.S. Very, very cool. Uh, and then finally, for the interim AEW World Championship, John Moxley takes on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Takahashi. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Hiroshi, Moxley, who do you got? I got John Moxley defending the honor of America in AEW against that foreign guy, uh, the ace, because I don't like uh, kamikaze bombers. So I'm taking old John Moxley to get the win. Yeah, do you think they just start chanting USA? <laughs> Even though you know it's a New Japan show, they just start chanting oh, USA, really, USA. Really. And you know Hiroshi, right? Like, he is such a lovable yeah. guy and, and doesn't speak oh, yeah. English very well. He's got to probably do his signature, like, fist pump as they're doing it. Like, I just had this vision, like, of Ace going around the ring, or at least he's doing, like, that elbow pose with, like, he makes the L shaped in his fingers yeah. as they're chanting USA. And he's like, yes, I love America, too. By the way, what do you think they talk? That's so like that the tenth, by the way, tonight. By the way, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what do you think Moxley and Tanahashi were saying in that ten minute stare down while twelve people are fighting on the floor around them to end dynamite? Like, yeah, because Tanahashi does not speak great English, so they're just staring at each other, going, "See that? Oh, yeah, See yeah that? that." And I also liked before the match where they were talking before they went in the ring, like Moxley said a whole bunch of mumbling shit. And then he's like, let's go. And that's when Tanahashi followed him. Yeah, um, he, he, Tanahashi understands let's go. But oh, um, oh, yeah, he does. You know, but Moxley discussing, you know, American politics as we just had primary races this week. I don't really think Tanahashi was following that. No, 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 I don't think so. I think Hiroshi's just happy to be here. Ace is just happy. So we're both going Moxley in this one. I have Moxley as well, Dr. Trey, to become the AEW World Championship. Uh, we will recap and review Forbidden Door on next week's edition of the show, June the 30th. We'll also get you ready for Money in the Bank, um, AW, excuse me, NXT, Great American Bash. It's, it's a lot going on in professional wrestling here in the summer months. Um, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at realguyradio.com, Russell Chatnet on Twitter, and the Still Real the Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Dr. Trey Franklin. When you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, they just had a really big show this past Saturday. They got another one coming up here on July 2nd. Uh, so the videos and, and pictures and all stuff will upload to our SRTU page. Facebook.com slash the still real to a show. So support all the great things that support SRTU. And once again, uh, we'll be back to recap and review Forbidden Door on next week's edition of the show. Enjoy the uh, the pay-per-view on Sunday for those that are going to be watching live or on replay. Uh, until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Still Real the Show.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.